welcome into another episode of the Production Line Podcast. I'm your host, Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham. And Andy. We've got a fun episode ahead of us. Um, not necessarily, like, I guess the Red Wings eked out two wins versus the Sabres, but I mean, we lost, what, four before that, I'm pretty sure? Am I wrong uh, on that? It was a lot. It was a lot. It felt like a lot. Um, but we have some uh, some good... Uh, some front front uh, front office news that's really exciting, and you know Carson Gates is going to come on in a little bit. We'll talk to him about the Sabers Red Wings, and yeah, go from there. But first, gotta get into the routine of the ad read. A quick word from our sponsor of the show and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their twenty seventh year of live betting. Sign up for betus.com with promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. Bet US. You bet, you win, you get paid. Betus.com. How was that one? How are we feeling? Like average. Is average? Okay. Yeah, it's a medium. Was, was, I better the, was I better the first week or what? Yeah, yeah, 100%. But tough, tough. All right, so I guess we'll get into this. Um, should we start off with should we do the game recaps first or should we get in the happy stuff first? Up to you. Game recap, game recap. All right, so unfortunately, so we had Larkin that was out for this game, so the line shaped up. I didn't hate the lines actually, it was it was Bertuzzi Fabry. Raymond Smith, Suter, Zadina, Nemesnikov, Rasmussen, Ernie, and then Barber, Valeno, and Gagne. Um, for the circumstances, I thought that was like a decent setup. Of course, Barber gets hurt. Like, what is second shift in the game? I'm pretty sure. Dude, I felt so bad for him. Like, that's I so like pretty. I like Barber a lot, man. Like, well, I just, think he's a good player. You have like a an older AHL guy that doesn't see much NHL time. You get him in the lineup, and he's probably just blood boiling he's super pumped to be there and just injury first shift just sucks for the guy yeah uh, absolutely um i don't know what's i don't know what's worse barbara's injury or we had to be on espn plus again with leah hextall dude i Jeez. i can't i can't listen to her so so to start, uh i wrote down some of the sh- some of the shit she says she said throughout the the um broadcast is I have like three things written. So she said she called Moritz Suter. That one, I I think I went crazy on that one. I remember that Mason, one. Mason Raymond again, like Mason yeah. Mason Raymond, the actual Mason Raymond hasn't played in the NHL since like 2012. He was the goat though. He was pretty good in NHL. Like when we played, we played video, like the video game. Video game. He was unreal. Speed D. He's kind of like a kind of like a Darren Helm a little bit. Yeah, better hands. Uh, and then San Ho like Hose Sharks. She said just, San Jose Sharks. I kind of like that better than San Jose, though. Yeah, me too. I think they do better attendance-wise. That's their, <laughs> that was their name. They remember to draw a little bit. I don't in. think they need to worry about attendance after Timo Meyer scored five goals today. Yeah, I was going to bring that up at the end, but we might as well talk about it now. And the Sharks, oh my, pulling some Anthony Mantha stuff going on there. Dude, he's a freak. If you watch his game closely, he's unbelievable. unbelievable. Same with Thomas Hurdle. Yeah, it's disgusting. 
He had four assists tonight too. If they didn't have such a tough contract like spot going on with like their three defensemen there, like they could really like try to make things interesting because like Couture is still a pretty good player. You know what I mean? Like, but like they can't do anything cap wise to make them a good team. They're kind of stuck in this weird middle. Very weird middle. And I like Kevin LeBanc a lot too. I think he's a solid middle six forward. <laughs> he hasn't been playing this year, but I still like him. I mean, yeah, no, yeah, I like him too. But have, he's been, yeah, you have players like that in Dolan. Barabanov. Barabanov's been good. Yeah, he's proven. Yeah, he's proven to be pretty decent. Barabanov. Uh, but yeah, like this game, it was such a late game. And I remember like just struggling to stay up for this game. But like, it was just ter- like, I think this was like the real the real game where like this is the Red Wings power. Actually, no, that was the next one. The Red Wings power play really struggled in this game. But uh, I'm trying to remember like who, who scored. Yeah, it was uh, Dolan scored the first one in this, right? It was kind of like a miscommunication and like went off. It was, a- well, Myers scored it, but Dolan made the play. Oh, that's right. It was a pass through Sider's feet. Yeah. It was in the power play. It was a bad penalty by Fabry. Yes. That's what it was. Um, but yeah, I thought like overall through like the start of this game, I thought Valeno and uh, Zadina actually had a pretty good start. I thought this was the game. I'm pretty sure that it was Valeno and Jabani had an unreal start. Yeah, we talked about that as well. I was talking about the first. Like, I thought I noticed Zadina a lot, but they had Smith, I thought, had a really good start as well. Well, I remember the first period being super bad, and the oh, only players terrible. the only players I noticed were Valeno and Smith. And I, I honestly have been noticing Valeno a lot more lately. Seems like he's using his speed a lot more, which I'd love yep. to see. Yeah, he's he's a fast player and he has size. Uh, yeah, the thing is for him, like he's not putting up the counting stats, but he needs he needs to be more reliable on his own end a little bit to really become like an NHL center. Like right now, he looks he looks a little bit uncomfortable in his role, I've, in my opinion. I've kind of a bad I, I don't know if you guys would like this take or not right now but go for it lately I've been feeling that Valeno and Smith are two steps above Gagne right now on that fourth line I love Gagne but Gagne hasn't really he's kind of been holding them back honestly five on five I've, I still like him on the penalty kill but five mm-hmm. on five lately I, I get I, it Giovanni and Joe have been making a lot of plays. And then the puck will go to Sam and it'll just be a turnover and then reset and then back in the neutral zone to D zone. It's, it's fine. Just, I, I just, that's the way I've been seeing it. And it happened a lot in today's game too against Buffalo. But yeah, like all I care about with Sam is he's better than another guy on in the lineup currently that I can name at a later date because I'm, I'm done with him. I'm, like I was writing about him today and it's just, he needs to go. Um, but yeah, I thought this was the game that Thomas hurdle was the best player on the ice. Like he was you, like I'm droning out so hard. Who are you talking about? Uh, Adam Ernie. Sorry. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> holy, <laughs> holy. Oh, yes. We'll talk about him, but, oh, um, oh, but yeah, I thought Thomas hurdle this game was on. Like, he was the best player on the ice. I'm pretty yeah. sure he had like three shifts in a row where I think he was like penalty killing one shift too. And he, he absolutely owned like it was like Brad Marchand, the, the other one. I literally think that was the penalty kill we scored on or the power play we scored on too. Because uh, that power play was that power play was atrocious and it was a five yeah. on three. Yeah, we get rewarded with a five on three and like we luckily eke it in, breaking it in. That sort of thing. Our zone ent- our zone entries on the power play are so bad. And Heronic like gets all the space in the world and he gets to. Or no, no, that was the one to Bertuzzi. I'm thinking of the Ducks one. I was mixing him up. This is the one he yeah, throws it to Bertuzzi who tips it. By the way, we'll talk about Bertuzzi this week because Bertuzzi was mint. Um, yeah. Um, 
I'm trying to think what else. Like nothing else. Like this game sucked. I fell asleep. I'm pretty. Like it was. Yeah, it was. It was one one, and then Nick Letty scores his first. That was the one of the worst goals I've ever watched in my life. I remember Terrible. I, I was just sitting Terrible. here and I was miserable and wanted to go to sleep because it's been such a glum game. And Letty made it two to one, and it, off the worst shot ever that should have never went in. Was it Aiden Hill playing or Reimer? Yeah, Aiden Hill. Okay, yeah, and Aiden Hill's been both goalies have been pretty good this year, aside from a couple of games from Reimer. But man, was that a bad goal? Yeah, then we had um, so the tie of the game is Veal, who didn't he fight Giovanni this game as well? Yeah, I'm missing... I remember it. Yes. Pretty decent fight, too, if I'm not wrong. Right. And then, so he runs into Ned, and, like, it kind of bounces in, but, like, it wasn't, like, a review. You know what I mean? Um, like, it was a weird – it was a weird – you remember how that went in? It was a terrible backhand shot. Ned should have had it, I'm pretty sure. But, like, he ran into him, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think I, the, puck I, was, was the puck was already in, I'm pretty sure. Okay, that's what it was. Okay. And he got pushed from behind. Oh, no. This actually wasn't – no, this – you're right. This is – I'm thinking of a different goal that he had let in previously in one of the other games. But, no, yeah. he got pushed in – Cider pushed him into the into Ned kind of. Or okay. steered him into Ned and the – I was asleep at this point, so that's why I'm, like, not sure. I thought um, – I, I, I remember watching the replay. Overturned. Yeah. I, I, like, watched the replay and I got spent rote, but I wasn't sure. Um, But the only reason why we were even in this game is Nedalkovich. Yes. 37 to 39. So like, I should give like, him credit. That goal was not on him. That was more on Cider. Yeah. And then, so OT, it went in OT, surprisingly. Like, he dragged us into overtime. And then uh, it kind of was a weird play. Like, Nadelkovich was still standing up and, and uh, I forgot, it was Burns who threw it through his legs a little bit. And, like, Nadelkovich really wasn't ready. But then, like, Couture barely, like, he got a stick on it, like, kind of went through. It was a weird, it was a really weird goal in overtime. Bear with me here. I forgot why I was really mad at this, but something happened. Oh, you know what happened? Wow. Uh, on this goal, someone threw an octopus on the ice, and I was yes, I was freaking out why no one blew the whistle. So okay, so the rule on that is if something's thrown on the ice and it does not restrict play, they don't have to blow the whistle. That's what the actual rule is. But yeah, I nobody I knew s- what the rule was, so that's what people like. That's why Nadelkovich, I think, was not ready. I was just freaking was- out. I'm like, why are they not blowing the whistle? And everyone's super confused. And then it was kind of a fluky goal. So I was I was really mad that I stayed up for that. To, oh, it was, it was terrible went, went to sleep after seeing that. Yeah. It was a terrible game. Yeah. Um, and then we arguably get into a worse game. Not arguably. This game was a lot worse. At least we got to watch Nadalkovic stand on his head that game. I know he did this game too, but we got to see a he couple played, of goals. He, yeah, he played good this game as well. This one uh, it was a 3-0 loss to Winnipeg. Uh, only two goals, tech- like it was only two goals technically against it against Ned, which is cool. Um, but yeah, man, like DeKaiser ended up back in. Uh, yeah, Ned, like there was like a bunch of point blank chances like the first two minutes, and I'm like, this is gonna be a rough night. Um, Cop- yeah. Andrew Cop has returned returned to Michigan. He's so good. I really it like was, Andrew Cop. It was literally just the Michigan boys putting on a show. It was Cop and Connor. That yeah. game was unbelievable. The, they are. Every Winnipeg Jets, I don't know how they're doing so bad this year, but every game I watch, it's Cobb, Connor, and Ehlers. I know Ehlers has been out for a bit. He's a good man. I love, I love those, Ehlers. Those two Michigan boys, Cobb has really took a 
a big upswing this year. They are so fun to watch in the Ozone. I'm and regretting con- my I'm regretting my trade for Braden Point for Shifley with you. <laughs> Dude, Mark I knew Shifley's that was gonna not hit. that good. Mark no. Shifley like has not been He's- good. Oh, I wanted uh what Shifley do to someone? Um he was being a little he's, uh, he's I want to burst this game. Bert, I thought Bert was gonna kick his ass. I'm not kidding. Yeah, he's been a little liner all game. I'm like, dude, you're you're not that good, man. Nick, you're not gonna get the treatment. So you know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm so happy I traded for Braden Point. My fantasy team is just filled with my favorite players, basically. Mm-hmm. And I had four That's all I want, right? I had four Florida Panthers. Oh my and god, this week's been so them nice. This week? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, I I have uh you had Ekblad Ekblad? and Duclair. I, I saw oh that. my god. Did you look at my team? I had Uyghur, yeah. Uyghur, Bennett, Huberdo, and uh uh Verhage and yeah. Bobrovsky. I have five Panthers. <laughs> yeah, man, the over in the Panthers game, my buddy has been hammering them every single game. Like oh. my buddy's in Florida. You got it. And he Oh, and he's been wa- watching the games. He's, I think he's gone to the last four or five games at home. And, like, he's, like, because I don't – well, he's from Canada, so he can't bet there. So he's having, like, people from back home log into his account and hammering them. I think he's been <laughs> gone for a month, and in that month time, he's won, like, 700, 800 bucks off of just hammering <laughs> the over. Hammering the Panthers nice. and the over. <laughs> I made such, like, a weak bet on the Panthers. I, I bet – through our friends at BetUS, I bet – uh, Huberto to score two points in one of the games again four, and I'm yeah. like I should have just I should have put way more money on that, but I, I didn't. I had both those Panthers overs too. Both of them hit. It was seven to one, and then nine to nine two. two. <laughs> nine two. Yeah. Man, yeah, the, the over was at seven. The over it was at seven on uh, Friday night, and they scored seven alone. So <laughs> yeah, they're they're so fun. Uh, to get back, Grant, this is the game I think with Valeno and Smith because I have a, I have a note saying Valeno and Smith, like okay. just to play them. I uh, so I, I think this was the one that they were they were doing really well, um, and yeah. they weren't playing. I think I think Smith might have played like six or seven minutes this game. I think you're right, actually. I I'm getting the games mixed up here, dude. I think this is the most games we've covered in a week. I think four. I think this is the most we've done. It's a lot. Just about probably around. Yeah. Um. Other things like notable in this game. Um. Start off with something funny. Uh, Svechnikov got a little PA announcement. Uh, and of course he gets an assist on the first the goal. Fr- I knew he was going to get a point too. <laughs> I love that man. No, did you see what uh, he was or what Kay, uh, Ken Daniels had said about Shvestikov wearing number seventy-one? Yeah, asked no, uh, if he wears it because of uh, Dylan, and and he goes, uh, "Lark Larky would like to think so" or something like that. But <laughs> I just want a number with a seven in it. <laughs> Oh yeah, I remember him saying that. Now. That's yeah. so funny. That's pretty funny. He's like, um, seven. <laughs> he's just one of my yeah. favorite personalities in the league. Oh, he's so about. he's so pure. Oh yeah. Our best scoring champs came off the power play with a Fabry post, but our power play went zero for six this game. Oh, that's right. That was this game. Our power play went zero for six. We scored oh. like if we have a normal power play, you score two of those. In average right. power play, you score two of those, and it's a completely different game. You're going in overtime. Because you wouldn't have had to pull the goalie, right? Right. It's just so pitiful. Um, but like the past like week before this, like I think Blashell got me in some of my good graces again. But again, we played Buffalo, so I'm gonna take that with a grain of salt. But coaching has been pretty lackluster the past couple weeks since the new year, basically. Yeah. yeah. I, we've been we've Agreed. reverted back to a lot of the stuff from 
2021 season, the shortened season. I don't like uh, Alex Tangay. I you couldn't convince me that's not Dan Bilesmo sitting behind there. The same. And I also guy. like I did. The, yeah, I think I did. I don't know if I mentioned this last show, but I did the <laughs> research and like we haven't had Jeff Blashill's only had a league average power play once. And that was his first year. And granted, yeah. we had Dotsuk, Zetterberg, Nyquist, Tatar, Dylan Larkin, Nick Cronwall, who was a good power play guy. Oh my gosh, he was yeah. As bad Those as he like, was his last couple of years, he was still really he was, good on a power play. He was, yeah, he just couldn't skate worth a damn. Like he 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 could he could move a puck, but like oh, he just couldn't skate. Yeah. I miss that man. I his do. shots from the point were solid too. Yeah, yeah, he was were. a very smart player. Very smart. Yeah, that's a couple very of my smart. issues right now with the power play. We have a couple guys that are being too pass hungry. Like you, you both. There's two players in mind, and this is going to sound critical because they're both rookies, but. Forcing, oh, yeah. forcing passes from Raymond. Raymond was bad today, forcing passes. And then five on five, he was a beast. Oh, my god! Oh, my God. He was so good. He five was on so five good today. five on five. But we'll go, yeah, play, keep keep in this play, game. Keep in this game. The power play, he did not look good as of late. He's been forcing no. too many passes, and his shot is too dang good. To even, even when he tries to throw it in front of the net, like it mm-hmm. creates so much chaos with like guys like Burt and Fabry in front of the net. And he has such a good some, shot. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's the thing. He's under, and, underutilizing that shot of his. So he I don't know what force I don't passes know. to Larkson, uh, Cider, and Cider does the same thing. Yeah, there's Cider, a, there's Cider a needs few... to shoot more, and his shot yeah. is every time he shoots from the point, we always have bodies there, and it creates so much chaos. Mm-hmm. There is a yeah. few chances. I believe it was the Winnipeg game. It could have been a game prior. Did we have a five on three in the Winnipeg game? That was San Jose. So, I don't yeah, think we, we actually had a six on three. We had a six on three in this game. Right. Okay. So, no, by the way, by the way, for people at home, we didn't score. Also, yeah. by the way, Larkin did have eight shots this game. That's yeah, I have that written not, down as well. Noteworthy. <laughs> but, anyways, like on this power play, there's a couple of chances where they got their three guys scrambling because, I mean, we we're literally double their players. And Mo, instead of teeing up a slap shot from the high slot or like even a snapshot or just thrown on net in general. He looks for a pass like back door or to reset the power play. It's like, no, like you need a goal right now. That needs to be on net. Like, and there's no, mm-hmm. there's nobody in the shot lanes or anything except for our guy in front of the net. But you know what I mean? Like, right. Let it rip. Like that. I'm I remember sitting there with like in my mind, I was kind of freaking out. It's like, how do you not let that go? Like it's a clear lane. You're point blank point blank. Sorry. And you have a, a solid shot from that point like you need to take that shot a guy that i would like him to watch from two years ago brent burns shooting through traffic yeah mo cider has found lanes through traffic this year but he could get so much better at it and his shots like deadly enough to be a menace on it brent burns is like two years ago when he used to shoot through traffic all the time he'd have like 15 goal seasons to 20 almost 20 i can't remember exactly but his shot, I'd always see a goal from the blue line. And Kale McCarr is becoming the same way of being able to shoot shoot through so much traffic. It's, it's Kale disgusting. Kale McCarr is just a robot. He's a human life. highlight reel. Yeah, literally. He's just. He's the most explosive player on the Colorado Avalanche. Might be. Yeah. In, from the that, back that's end, a statement. Definitely. Yeah, that's, no, a, statement. that's a statement. But also from the back end, probably in the league, I would say. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, um, no doubt. So. So I also have so the power play since since the Carolina game, which was December sixteenth. From this point, from this point before the Buffalo games, 
Uh, we went 12 for 16. Or, no, no, never mind. We had 30 power play attempts, two power play goals, and we got scored on three times shorthanded. So we gave up three goals and only scored twice. So we were a minus power play for almost a month. It's not That's bad. Path- <laughs> pathetic. It's pathetic. Well, um, but yeah, like, again, the the game plan, like, is for Blashell is, like, zero offense and hopefully the goalie bails you out and you win two to one is what he's like. It's what it seemed like he was going for. And it was just pathetic. And Tangay, I I'm so fed up with. So the thing is with that, it seems like last year, the team was completely buying into that, which, okay. If you want to play like the Islanders go for it. But this year, it seems like we have more of an offensive mindset. We have these offensive players. Mm-hmm. Why not play offensive? Yep. Because I think it's we can like, all dual teams, and then we can cop into our defensive game and play our defensive game. Yeah, it's almost like it's almost like we hit like a kind of a cold streak with offense, like whatever. Like you know, sometimes offense like dries up, right? Like it's normal yeah. throughout a period of a season, and then it's like Blash will immediately like revert back to the defensive side, and like the players aren't ready for it, and it seems like they just they're everything's just flat. Yeah, right. it's you need a hybrid of it. Like you need to still push for the offense, but when things like on nights where things aren't going. Okay, drop mm-hmm. back into defensive shell kind of type thing for that night, but don't continue it on for a stretch of five, six, seven games. Right. But which is uh, annoying to watch. Yeah. So I guess to yeah, wrap up, that's not a good game, but we'll get into the good news. Like this dropped right after the episode came out, literally I think like four hours, if not no, probably less. It was like three hours after the episode dropped because it came out yeah. Tuesday afternoon. Um, Nick Lidstrom's back, baby. The man right there. Number five. Number five, oh, baby. It's weed. Uh, hired as the VP of Hockey Ops. And just a fun fact for everyone, that was Steve Eisman's position when he first started working in the front office for the Red Wings. Oh. Mm. Um, interesting. interesting. Uh, he's going to continue living in Sweden, but he's going to be involved in everything. So how I kind of view this right now is like he's kind of getting his feet wet. Like he could maybe like transfer like Maybe he works with Hakan Anderson and maybe like takes up more of a scouting role because the VP is such a, it's such a, whatever, it could mean anything. Right. Right. And he's living in Sweden. So may, like, I think Eisen's going to teach him a little bit of everything and maybe see what he kind of likes and fits into a role that's really going to suit him. I, but go ahead. I would love to see him in a player development role. And well, that, so that's what the first Swedish defenseman. I know he had said something like that, but I'm mm-hmm. so excited to see like, if he does hop into that pretty heavily, I'm so excited to see what he can do with guys like Johansson, Edvinson, and uh, Wallander. Well, even mm-hmm. talking about guys finding lanes in the power play, like Mo Sider, too. Lidstrom yeah. was phenomenal at that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah that's, imagine, a good, that's a really good point. Him, yeah. Like, I was going to mention that earlier, but I want to bury the lead on what the yeah. news. Yeah. But, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where I like, you know, especially in your offseason or like if Mo goes back to Europe spend a couple of weeks in Sweden with Nick and go over film or whatever, do whatever, but get, get that input from the, I know he's supposed group. to be, he has to come over at certain points, but he's going to be living at home. But like, right. I think for like, I'm assuming for like the trade deadline, free agency, the draft, I'm sure he's going to be like in the U S Oh yeah. But he gets to live his life like in Sweden. And I know Friedman was talking about is like, I don't think there's any other like high exec in the NHL that gets to live like in a different country. <laughs> I, yeah, that's true. I think they uh, they brought him in as VP because it's so versatile, like you said. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll be running the, especially the Swedish league, like the scouting, like that over there for the main, like for the main part of it. 
Why not Hakan? Hakan, I mean, you think of Hakan Anderson and like all the picks he's made, right? Right. He's the one that like he banged the table for Datsuk, Zetterberg, and stuff. He's head of European scouting, and that's where all the Red Wings, all the Red Wings, good late round finds have been in in Europe. So hopefully, like I don't know, like I don't know, like off the top of my head, I don't know how old Hakan is. Like he could be a little bit older, and Lindstrom could fill more of a role like that. I know Cronwall works in player development in Sweden as well. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, but also Elliot Friedman talked about an interesting thing in Vancouver. Pat Verbeek was rumored to be in for the job and as a GM for the Canucks. Wow. So he, he thinks he could be a, like be a GM for them. Cause he's never been a GM before. And I know like, uh, who's it, who's the guy that's taking, is it right? It's not right. No, it's not right. Sure. It's, um, um, Jim Rutherford is the guy who like runs the Canucks right now. Oh, he's yes, look, yeah. he's looking for a guy to mentor, and Verbeek technically hasn't been a GM before. I mean, he's been an assistant GM in two places now with Detroit and Tampa. Right. But I don't know. Maybe that's another fit for Lidstrom as well. Also, we lost Ryan Martin to New York this year because he was assistant GM for Grand Rapids for the longest time, and he signed in for as assistant GM in New York. Right. So. I think that's another fit if he chooses to move over back to the U.S. at some point, if he gets his feet wet more in the next couple of years and they just bump bump up his pay a little bit and switch him over to a different position. Again, right. I think this is going to be a couple of year thing where he's going to try out different things and see where he feels best. But like yeah. overall, like I know people are all, all, all like, this is just a former player. Like everyone's just hyping this up. I'm like, not many players ever to play the game have a hockey mind like Nick Lidstrom. He was yeah. uh, the best defenseman of all time. He's the best he, defenseman of all time. He, yeah, not everyone's the perfect human being, right? So Nope. This is the perfect hire. Like, I will not be – it's not there's, for discussion. There's two perfect human beings, him and Henrik Zetterberg. Yes. Yeah. I was waiting for Henrik Zetterberg to come into the yes. organization now. Well, I don't know. That's <laughs> coming um, <laughs> But I loved – I don't know if you guys – did you guys watch the, the press conference with him and Stevie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the quote with like, uh, so Eisman or Lidstrom's like, it's great to join the team back. And he's like, I mean, organization. And so he was like, well, we can make the team thing happen. So yeah. I just kind of imagine <laughs> Nick Lidstrom and Moritz Sider is, is pairing one. Like who still, says no? Still be better than Dan DeKaiser. Like, Nick, Lidstrom look, Nick, Nick Lidstrom looks the exact same since he, when he retired. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah. And that's been over 10 years at this point. I think my favorite part of that press conference was him saying that him and Stevie had just watched Albert Johansson together like a week ago. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, they, they, they initially met back up at the Hockey Hall of Fame induction for Holland. Like, right. that's where, like, they both, like, started their conversation again. But, like, Steve's been wanting this for a long time. This has all been part of the, the Eisner plan, baby. This is, this is all part of the, like, Steve wants to surround himself with the smartest people. And Lidstrom is just that. Yeah, literally. And yeah. it's it's so impressive, really. Like, like how the Red Wings, the Red Wings have all this reach with their alumni. And like you look, uh, you look now, like you have Chris Draper in the organization. Pat Verbeek is technically an alumni. Yuri Fisher, you have Nick Cronwall, you have Nick Lidstrom now. Like it's just such a reach the Red Wings have. Dan Cleary, you know, and all know. all really good players. They're all played a prominent role on the Red Wings. Yeah, which is pretty cool too. <laughs> Yeah, so obviously, like, just all like, oh, we're so, we're all so excited. Like, this is, it was such a good day, and like, you know, the Red Wings losing in a really cruddy fashion. It's like this made up for it. You're like, you know, what, this we've gone even on the day. Um, but yeah, I know he named Johansson and Edvinson by name in that, so I, that's why I found that very interesting. I'm like, he's gonna. Well, work he had for them said that them. they 
that they had just watched Johansson together, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's that was the thing. Which is really um, exciting. I know there's the the top U21 scoring defenseman in the SHL right now, which was Johansson at one, which is Red Wings prospect, Joel Nystrom at two, which is Carolina, Edvinson and Wallander, both Red Wings, three and four, and then Alexander Lundqvist, who is Nick Lidstrom's nephew. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Which is really cool. Uh, yeah, Nick Lidstrom, man. Like, it's so great. Welcome back. But yeah, we welcome on uh, my good friend and uh, writer for Trainwreck Sports now, uh, Buffalo writer, Carson Gates. Carson, hello. Hey, guys. Um, thank you for having me yet again. Um, I think I've done this. This is my third time. I don't know if Buffalo's won a game yet against Detroit. So, oh, <laughs> uh, we Buffalo's gone 0 and, 0 and 4 against Detroit. You're still oh, next year. Oh, two and three, or oh, one and three. Oh, yeah, oh, one and three, technically. Yeah. So Buffalo, Buffalo got two points. <laughs> Carson's, everyone at home, Carson's just covering his face. Um, the game was just the best. We'll talk about the all. I'm going to move the all star talk to the end just simply because we, we can talk about because we're both in the Atlantic Division. So we can cover that a little bit. I was going to talk about that right now, but we can get right into the right into these games. But, uh, uh, so yeah, Carson. I think Carson and I were the only ones that watched the the Saturday game because Grant said he couldn't, and then Andy. Wish I didn't. It. <laughs> yeah, that was I a was tough. In... What's that? Oh, I was just gonna say I was in Canada, where not only did they lock out hockey in the arenas, also on TV apparently. So nice. ESPN can't nice. get a freaking game over there. It's brutal. That's brutal. Yeah, tough one. Um, but yeah. Uh, Larkin was a game time decision, and then he ended up going, which was awesome. And the blender came out, baby. Did it come out? Um, and for the better, I really liked what the decision was. So we have Nemestikov on the first line instead of Burt, and then, and then we have the Guelph line back together. And we can get into like all the good stuff with that. But uh, there was also uh, an octopus. So there was also an octopus. I'd like to take a deep cut before we dive into the game. Okay. I don't know if you remember, but I think it was 2017 or 2018 when Nemestikov was in the Lightning. He was a part of the best line in hockey when he played with Kucherov and Stamkos. They were literally the best line in hockey. Yes. He, he can keep up with high-paced players. Yes. Very well. And that's why when I saw that he was going to be playing a line with Larkin and Raymond, I thought about mm-hmm. it for a bit. I'm like, dude, I am so okay with this. And then you put that bump Bertuzzi down to that second line, that makes that second line all the more stronger, too. Yeah. Excuse me, Larkin was a game time decision for the Winnipeg game, not this one. He was good for this one. I had my notes right, still on the right. other one. Yeah, my bad. Right, Carson, we're covering four games, and it's like the first two games are just like so forget forgettable, and it's just like I'm trying to keep up with everything. So bear with me. Um, yeah, the start of this game was not good for the Sabers. I think the first period shots were 22 to six. Carson missed this period because I took notes for him. Yeah, I wish I missed the other two periods as well, but thankfully <laughs> I got to see those ones. There was, you know, um, the most playoff game, so I decided, you know, let's watch both. You know, that... You should just watch the Bills. Land. Yeah, it was mainly the Bills. I just... It was ugly. Like, I can't, like... I think there was, like, the start of the game was kind of even. I really like I really like the Thompson line. I, yeah. But it's still, like, my favorite line. Thompson, just... I feel like anyone who... He's been with this year just because there's been... I think every other player under the sun has played with them. But it's just... It's worked. No matter who it's been, like... He's been with him Skinner and t- recently, and Skinner, yeah. like, he has, he has, like, five goals in his last five games. Yeah, Jeff Skinner looked really good today. We'll get to that, though. But uh, Alex Alex Tuck with him, 
those two are just monsters in the corner. Mm-hmm. Big beefy boys down there. Again, like I, I said this last episode, I'm like Tage Thompson is what I thought Michael Rasmussen would be. Yeah. And it, you know, we don't get what we want. We got but, way better. Well, <laughs> we get the last laugh in this game. All I've seen is Rasmussen scored that game. Thompson did not. So. He did. We talked like uh so Buffalo was our streak breaker in the power play. So I was I was talking about before you got on. The Red Wings power play for the last 30 chances up until this were they had two power play goals and they let in three shorthanded goals. So they were getting outscored on the power play and we ended up scoring two power play goals in the first period. Um, it, it, like it was a, I think it was a four. Yeah. Cody Eakin got a four minute and that was the second goal. Um, yeah, Bertuzzi scored a rebound, which honestly the, the power play was so sloppy. Like I literally wrote in your notes that the Red Wings could not get entries and it just happened so that, like, Zadina worked it down. It was, like, towards the end. Zadina worked it down to Bertuzzi, who fed Larkin, and then Larkin shot it, and Bertuzzi cleaned up the rebound. But honestly, like, Aaron Dell kept you in that period pretty well. He's honestly, the past two games, I, I mean, now he's a dad, so I guess it's ever since he's had his kid, I think he's played incredible, both for Rochester and Buffalo. But before yeah. he got called back up, he was, like, the number one most hated person in the city of Buffalo. And now he's just, he's just there. So I think that's an improvement for him. I also made an observation in the first period. I didn't know that Mark Pissick was an assistant captain. Yeah, because um, Akposo and Gergensons, they like to be either injured or have COVID. So he's just been bad uh, that captain because we only have two. I think you need at least two two A's, and he's been our designated. Uh, <laughs> just throw it on his jersey for the night. You're like, yeah, whatever. I mean, it was the Red Wings for the longest time. Like, I think Franz Nielsen was uh, like a pretty pretty consistent wearer of the A if he had to. Yeah, you know, it's just stuff like that. I made that like I just noticed that a little bit, and then the second goal, um, that was a uh, Raymond de Bertuzzi to Fabry, which was a backdoor play, which is really nice. Dal- I don't know, Darlene was like not ready for it, and then the- I don't know who was in the. I think it was Yoki, yeah, Yoki Haru was on the back door and just like forgot about Fabry. That you know that play you described, I think I can name ten different instances of that happening, but yeah and I, I really thought like five on five that period like i thought that pairing like that pairing in your top line i thought were honestly like good that yeah like a little sabers talk those two get the most hate from any sabers fans but they play almost 30 minutes a night on an incredibly depleted team like for offensive defensemen like what do you expect them to do i don't understand the darlene hate like around the league i think he's a good defenseman yeah like he'll, he'll have his like tough plays in his own end but he, he's 21 and plays 30 minutes again on a bad team. Like once he gets some players, we can like produce some points as well. Like he's putting up those numbers with guys like no offense, but John Hayden who plays a lot of minutes as well. John Hayden plays a lot of minutes more than I think John Hayden should, but yeah, John Hayden's like a fourth line. He should be a fourth line guy. If, if, if even in the league. Yeah. He's a consistent like third guy. Yikes. Third yeah. Um, but yeah, we had like, uh, like other parts in this game, Grant. So with the, with the power, with the power play of this game, uh, I noticed, I noticed a big part of the game, like, so the, the, you know, the Detroit deep dish drop pass was in full effect. And it's so obvious because Raymond literally had, I think it was Rasmus Asplund was right behind him and Raymond just decided to drop it when like he was right behind him. But like, it's so like Tange has it so pounded in their heads that it's like, I have to do this right now. Yeah. And it's like so obvious right now with how bad our power play is. Like getting into the zone is such an issue that like that's the go-to move with everyone else standing still. 
Um, we also had Ned's grandparents in the game, which was their first NHL game ever. It was very wholesome. And Ned gets get, gets the shutout, but like it was so cool. Like Ned's grandma kind of became Twitter famous. So it's really funny. Um, yeah, like other than like other than that, like I <laughs> Buffalo did not have much. No, I, it, I'm like I had like a couple. Like I think Thompson had like like one scary shot I can think of. Um, yeah. <laughs> God, uh, <laughs> I can't even think about the game. Like I'm trying, I'm trying to like help you out. Like I, I, like there's not much to say about Buffalo in this. Like it's just bad. It was so. It was. It was a rough game. Uh, first, we had like what you said that first line, and that top D pairing is good. Like it's a good game, but when anyone else is on the ice, it's bad. Like Victor yeah. Olsson. He is the last time he scored Jack Eichel is still a member of the Sabres. And that was 21 games ago. <laughs> oh my so, God. That's so that's, bad. That's not good. No, that needs to change. That's definitely not. New York has negative two goals on the year. Asplund hasn't scored in like four months. So this yeah, is, the, the first, I think the first episode you're on, you're like, yeah, Asplund leads this team in points. Yeah. And I don't think he's literally recorded a point since I said that statement. So I'm sorry. Yeah, it was November. Point. That was like November 5th, I think. I, I literally don't think he's produced a point since then. Jinx. Yeah. It, it, way to go. Um, oh, uh, I think that, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, how long do you think it is before like Jack Quinn starts, just gets called up for the rest of the year? I, I mean, since Krebs has been kind of consistent now on the team, he's going to returning from COVID. And I mean, Quinn just scored a hat trick last night for Rochester. So it's, <laughs> I think it's yeah, time. It's nasty. Yeah. It, I, I I'm in quarantine right now. I just want to watch the Sabres do good, and I I can't do that now. It's, You're in quarantine right now. I, I got the big, the big C. You got the, oh, you got the, you got the C vid. Yeah, I'm, this is the flu congrats. game for you. Holy shit! Uh, yeah. yeah, flu game. You sound great. I've got a great article coming out. It's gonna be the best one yet. It's Jordan flu game, but is it is it gonna be about the the Red Wing game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All right, perfect. We'll plug it. We'll plug it on the we'll plug it in the podcast. Yeah, if I can write it, it's gonna it's gonna kill me. <laughs> You <laughs> watch this game again and just cry. Oh god. Um, but yeah, like the power play. Raymond had like when we were talking about earlier before Carson got on, we were talking about Raymond not utilizing a shot enough and he ripped it off post by Dell. That was a really scary one. But yeah, like go back. I thought Dell had a really good game in this game. Mm-hmm. He's and it was just tough that the Sabres had nothing. Like the third goal was literally like the it was the beginning of the period. It was the fastest goal of the Red Wings this year. It was basically the NHL 22 move where you just jam the backdoor pass and hopefully it goes in. And it did. Raymond. The thing to that point, too, it was a 2 nothing game. Like, yeah. I mean, as we saw from the most recent affair, like a two goal, two goal lead in the third period means nothing. But mm-hmm. it took 19 seconds for Raymond to just put a dagger in it. And put that back first door. goal, first goal in 15 games for Raymond. You've got him on fantasy. You're telling me. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's still like putting up, con- like consistently putting up assists. So like it's all good, and like he's been playing great. He's actually his ice time has gone up so much. Mm-hmm. Like he's playing closer to like nineteen a night, and he's been really great five on five. But it like it was really good for him to get that goal and hopefully get on a bit of a more consistent goal scoring pace. You're welcome. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Thank you. It's bad. I feel bad that Buffalo's kind of like our, you know, our our. Uh, it's not, it's yeah, our bright spot. All everyone needs a slump buster. Yeah, we're always. The so that's what, that's the term I was looking for. Slump us. They're Montreal from a couple years ago. Yeah, Montreal. We were Montreal's this year. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Um, but then they, we, had another, uh, we had a fun fourth goal. 
Um, Rasmussen takes like a weird penalty and like he's complaining about it all the way to the box. We kill it off, and then <laughs> hilariously, Bertuzzi springs him for the breakaway. Oh, absolutely piss missile five hole. Hilarious. He does like the celly, like arms out is awesome. I can't electric on a breakaway goal. I, I don't think he scored Could a breakaway goal since junior. There's no way. No way. No. Hilarious. Uh, players, so Grant might know that. He hey, just a junior. I don't know if I don't know if we want to reign- reignite the uh, Philip Sedina conversation, but Rasmussen has more points than Sedina. Yeah, I mean, that's all there is <laughs> to it. I hate to I hate to burst anyone's bubble, but tough go. At least not I great. Wrestling. So it doesn't count. I mean, yeah, like I at this point, like you're not going to play good. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, yeah, Heronic also got his 100th career point on that in 204 games, which is really surprising to me. Like, that's yeah, really impressive. That is really impressive. But, I mean, he's – his past couple of years, I mean, he's been logging 26 minutes a night. He logs no, four more minutes than he should. Because yeah. we had no one else. I mean, what he is he logging right now? Like 22? Huh? What is he logging now? About 22? Him and him and Cider are about like the same. I like think they're like twenty-two and a half both. Okay, and I'm more okay with that because I think Coronic has been ten times better than he was earlier this year. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. been a big, a much bigger fan of his game lately. But mm-hmm. I mean, still on a really good team. How much does he really play? Andy, Andy, what you're gonna say? Oh, he just led the team in points last year too. So. That is true. <laughs> uh, without 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 a goal on a goalie, he had two empty yeah. net goals. Yeah, and led the team in points. Carson. What, yeah. That's not good. No. no. Adam Adam Ernie led the team in goals. And we're going to get – actually, should we just tear on Adam Ernie right now? Yeah, it's ripping apart. It's flaming. I, I'm doing my midseason grades right now. It's, it's an article that's going to come out this week. But uh, spoiler, Adam Ernie has an F because he's been awful. He's that high? <laughs> I mean, you got to <laughs> give him a grade of some sort. Dropping out of the class. I don't know how he gets any ice time on it. Like, it's pathetic. Like – like we were talking about how Sam Gagne, like, oh, he hasn't been as good in the past couple of weeks. Oh, I'd still much rather him on the ice anytime than Ernie. Yeah, I a hundred percent agree. I don't. Yeah, know. I, I, I know, I know I you're not know. ripping on Gagne, but like, I was just no, making a point. I don't know what Ernie has proved this year. No, he had a nothing. great year last year, right? This yeah. year, I, I I would rather Hiroshi in the lineup, hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. Just throw him in. Who cares? I don't. Uh, if we want, if we want to talk about throwing winner, I don't give yeah. a shit. Give me Witter for one. Must see, must see Witter. Hashtag yeah. must see Witter. Hashtag but, strip larks of the sea. Give it to Witter. Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag. Let's get um, Witter to the All Star game. But let's talk about If we want to talk about an actual deserving player, um, we had the highlight of Jonathan Berger and oh scoring gosh. an absolutely disgusting yeah. goal in OT for the Griffins. Absolutely I, danced the defenseman, soul is soul, and then sniped it. That's the, the the thing with that though. I I still don't want to bring him up yet. To be honest, no. I, I'm like I'm like I I sent out a tweet said call him up yesterday and like I think he'll get a yeah. shot at the end of the year. But like oh, right now, like he doesn't need to. Be I, I don't I, even I, know if he will. I know Blashill said he doesn't want to stop his uh momentum because he said he's been really good lately, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. I think keep him down there. You see, like it was Pilat and Johnson, right? That they kept in the minors for so long in Tampa. Tampa, eh? yeah. And I mean, you got guys. If we go back to Buffalo, Jack Quinn is absolutely tearing it up, like a lot more than Bergeron is. Bergeron's having a really right. good year; he's just under a point per game. But Jack Quinn is like been unbelievable, and he's still not up with the Sabers. Yeah, that's the right. Sabers. 
and that's the Sabres. Yeah, it's true. Sorry. That's that's where I'm at with that. And Jack Quinn's my biggest comparison with that, mm-hmm. with Bergeron right now, because Jack Quinn's been better in the AHL. Right. And he's gone on, so, like, really overcoming adversity. Yes. We love adversity. <laughs> I mean, Jonathan, Ber- Jonathan Bergeron basically missed, like, a whole year at one point in his development, like, to injury. And he came back, and he's, like, one of the best scorers in the SHL last year, playing third-line minutes. Yeah. Which is which, insane. And then, which is insane. Yeah, he's crazy. Um, but yeah, like yeah, this was a great. I mean, it was a good bounce back after a bad game. Obviously, really tough game for Buffalo. Um, like Buffalo just had they had nothing. Um, but like to touch on the new top six, like I really liked. I thought Fabry the past two games has been the best he's been since the beginning of the year with Bertuzzi. I don't know if I'm just seeing that. Like yeah. I don't know if you. I don't know if you guys agree with me. I no, think I I agree. Like he looks like a completely different player right now because he's like, I don't know. With Suter, Suter plays well with anyone, but like Suter's not exactly a play driver. And I felt right. like Fabry took a little too much on his shoulders to drive play. And with Bertuzzi, like he's able to like feed off Bertuzzi. And like we've talked about how valuable Bertuzzi is. I think past seven games now, he's got 11, 10 or 11 points. Bertuzzi does. Yeah. He's, back up, to a, he's back up to a point per game now. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. It's crazy. Um, because he had like what four or five games where he was out without a point, he was kind of cold. Granted, I think yeah. he has 10 points against Buffalo this year. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know the math. On... He had three, he had three Saturday, one Sunday, or today, or one to one today, and then three last game against Buffalo. He had the two goals and an assist. Yeah, That's and then seven. I don't know, and I don't know, I don't if know. he had any against the in the first. Yeah, I don't know the one before that, but like, I like so the second line, I don't want to touch the second line. The, the first line, though. I like Vlad there for right now, but I feel like he's a spot filler right now for Verona. Right. Ooh, I didn't even think about that. I thought that's what, am I wrong on that? Like I think no. that's what it's gonna be. No. And but, no, no offense to Vlad. Like Vlad's been pretty good. Like he like he's looked the part. And like I think he's kind of like a Bertuzzi light in the sense like he plays a gritty game and he can keep up. Well, obviously, yeah. obviously he's not as good. It's no. hidden when he plays with Rasmussen and Ernie, but man, yes. he can keep up with passing plays very well. Like there'll mm-hmm. be times where Larkin gives him a quick pass, he can catch it and give it right back, and it's yeah. just, it's probably partly because he, he played with Kucherov and Stamkos for so long, and those two, I mean, he practically he wanted a big contract, that's why they didn't re-sign him or didn't sign. Yeah, him. Stevie Stevie made the tough decision, yeah, and didn't didn't want to pay him because he's like, well, you play with Kucherov and Stamkos, right? And as he as he should have been, as yeah. he should have been, but. I mean, he put up good points there and was very helpful to those two. Yeah, I think he almost had a he almost had a fifty point season. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think he had 46. 48. 48? Okay. Yeah, and that's that's um, a good year for flat. flat and he's well. like on pace to be close. He's got like twenty points in I think thirty nine games this year. And and just uh, a heads up, most of those are playing with Ernie and Rasmussen. So right, yeah, like it's it's. And he, <laughs> no, some of those were on the fourth line even because he was with Stevens and Gagne at one point. Right, okay, but that's better than Ernie and Rasmussen. I agree. I agree for offense. Yeah, um, but no, like I think that's a fill, he's a spot filler for Verona for right now. And then you go like Nemesnikov, Ras, Zadina probably as the third line afterwards. Yeah, I just I don't know because where do they value Ernie? Right, I hope I hope not. I, I hope not Zadina. at all. But where where does he get valued? Because all Zadina has Zadina, been, I, Zadina's been better. Yes, Zadina's just been disappointing. He, he has disappointing. Been, he has been horrible. Ernie's been mm-hmm. horrible lately. Yes. I just am super. I'm super hard on Zadina because I 
have expected so much in the past. Right. As we as as we like as we're fans, we deserve we deserve to have those expectations. We like, should because to. he was a sixth sixth overall pick. Right. Um. Yeah. Uh. Overall, like a good game. And Carson text text me today at the beginning of this game. He's like, Buffalo's Buffalo's still gonna win. I said I completely agree. So with the snowstorm mixed in, an afternoon game, and Grice gets COVID right before the start of the game, I'm like, there's no way, there's no way we're gonna win. Like, no way. Okay, is and it is it bad that I wanted to see picks play after I thought he was going to? So when I watched I was the kind of excited. I thought I watched the warm-up video. I'm like, Pickard's going out first. I thought I saw that, but like it must not, he must have been towards the end. He's been like, he's been so good in the AHL, and then his preseason was unreal too. Yeah, dude, he's not bad. He's a good third goalie. No, he's he's a good AHL, very good AHL goalie. Yeah, that's why I said he's a good third goalie. Yeah, you don't need to play him. You can play him four games out of the year. You give him the witter. You give him the witter over under. That's what you do. I'm not taking that over. I'm taking going. the witter. Yeah, <laughs> I want witter. I want witter every game from now on. Honestly. <laughs> Hey, he was called up to the taxi squad and then got sent back down to that. It's just like then, yeah. then he just drags a guy off. Uh, Did you? See, I can't oh remember. my god! I, I don't he remember just who sent that. One handed. Just was yeah, that you that sent that, Andy? Yeah. yeah, I sent that in. <laughs> oh my gosh, that that's strength. One arm, he just picks someone up and throws him off of. Last it looked off. like he was picking an apple off an apple tree, <laughs> and it was a full full grown human being on top of another full grown human being in an AHL hockey game. He just grabbed him. He's like, oh. Nope, you're over here now. Come I need to talk to. Part. I need to talk to the merch department for Inside the Rink, and we need to get a hashtag, hashtag play winner. Hashtag shirt winter. going. Winter, free winner. Free winner. Check. Get we, we need like squares over under four games, and I, I want a check mark saying over. <laughs> yeah, three. It's three point five. Three point five. Yeah. Yeah, we need but, four. But yeah, like so today the game was today, and for Martin Luther King Day, so it was a, it was a one o'clock start. Which Grant, we talked about this last episode. The last one was with Thomas 12 Central. Twelve Central, yeah, whatever. Central time doesn't. Count. <laughs> what is it's it? Re- Ten o'clock Mountain Time or eleven o'clock Mountain Time? It's eleven o'clock Mountain Time. Okay, get it right. <laughs> get it right. Um, but yeah, this is the last time the Red Wings played an afternoon game, like during the week since I think it was like twenty seventeen with Thomas Vanek winning one nothing over. Montreal rock star Carson can appreciate Thomas Vanek. Yeah, one of my favorite players growing up. Thomas Vanek is one of my favorite Red Wings of all time. I'm not kidding. He was unbelievable for a while. He could not move the boots at all, but he was no. so smart. He's like he would Thomas Vanek is like my Damian Bruner. Yes. Yeah. No, that's how I feel exactly about Thomas Vanek. He could do no wrong in my eyes. I would sign wasn't up for the contract today. Wasn't he so stellar in the shootout too? Yes. Yeah, he would do the same over the puck move. Yeah, I yeah. remember he he's, he did the first one against Buffalo. Actually, he did it against Robin Leonard. Yeah, yeah. We have like great. We've yeah. always had this group of like random Red Wings that we've just loved, like Brad Richards, Merrick Zidlicki, Damian Bruner, Thomas. Going, going back to going back to Brad Richards, I looked at his stats and I'm like, ooh, 28 points in 60 so games. We, we still loved him. <laughs> Dude, loved to take slap shots. Yeah, oh, I yeah. loved it. Um, but yeah, so the start of this game. Oh my! This is honestly like even for both sides, it was bad. Carson, yeah. it just—I feel like it just summed up like the last game too. Like just bad overall, but I mean the top line was fine. Dell made a couple saves for once again, and at least for Buffalo, that if they start a game down, I think they have like two wins all season. If they get the first goal, so yeah, odds 
I can pull up the stat, but it, it was actually very jarring. The record. Yeah. So he had, he had, um, so like I was kind of like watching on my phone at work. So like I, I caught some of like, I missed the, I, the first two periods I was at work still, but I got to watch the third period. So of course when I get home, you know, things start go good. But, uh, so the, the, the goal that Yoki Haru scored kind of Bertuzzi's fault. That was a hundred percent Bertuzzi's fault. Uh, he overcommitted a hundred percent to the middle and I don't know why mm-hmm. he was going to the middle. To he read cheated. That. He it's almost like he cheated from la- it's almost like he was so ready from last game like offensively that he just completely forgot about defense. It, it was like he was looking for a breakaway there and it was yep. kind of a bad play on his part where Fabry already had his man covered. Yep. And then he he left Yokiharu wide open and I mean I didn't really expect anything dangerous to come of that but it was kind of Sider, funky. It went off Siders once it went off Siders but Yeah, but that was that was 100% Burt's fault. There was there yeah. was no other fault on that play besides Burt. No, everyone had sticks in front, and it just happened to go off one of our defense defenders. And like Yoki Haru did a really good job getting on net. Yeah. Also, also note that Bert was probably our best player in the first period. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Okay, we'll get, we'll get with, to that in a second. With, with that. Yeah, Carson, what was the stat? I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, I mean, I guess after this game, they're eight, five, and four when they score first, but they're three, fifteen, and three when they don't score first. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, they're not, not good. Yeah, three so I, I want to like I want to have a longer conversation about the Sabers after the game, like a yeah. more like over overlooking it's the more season like, so far. And at least you're not the Montreal Canadiens type deal. Well, yeah, like that's, <laughs> they're not even the same conversation as the bottom two teams. Like it's not that's not a conversation. And anyone um, who wants to lump Buffalo down there is insane. But yeah, anyway, uh, but yeah, the Red Wings power play goes back to sucking. Like it was terrible that period. We got outshot seven to four. Volano took a four minute, and it was really weird because. So it's like Zadina thought he was going to the box and then Valeno like was in the box and then uh, Cousins also went to the box. Whole mess. I did not understand that penalty on Valeno. What was I did? He got a high stick. He he clicked. It was just uh, bleeding. Yeah, he was four minutes for bleeding. Because yeah. Zadina like pinched someone from behind, kind of right. He, and he, then he didn't get called. And then Cousins, called. Think, yeah. Cousins came in and bodied Zadina, right? And then mm-hmm. yeah, well, Valeno like kind of just like got like he was the initial like person, like he kind of just like no one touched him. Yeah, I got you. I was confused at first too. I'm like, why is Valeno in the box? But like you kind of miss it, but then you watch the replay again. I'm like, oh yeah, you clipped him bad. That was yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, but yeah, we got a shot seven four that period, and like. We killed off the penalty pretty well, but like right like afterwards, like I don't know, like momentum still was just so bad. Like the Red Wings felt like they were playing with like cinder blocks on their feet. Feet. I don't know why I said feet. Feet. Well, I, I mean, there was a, a large crowd at the game, so it's probably hard. Okay. To yeah, yeah was like that to... was. I know oh, it was yeah. a Monday, but man, oh, was Monday. that was tough. We got like 15 inches of snow that night before that morning. But yeah, all you could see on the broadcast were blue seats and red jerseys <laughs> with a wind wheel on the front of them. That was it. <laughs> Maybe think, the occasional what was the, what guy was with a, a Taylor Hall jersey on, but that was it. Wasn't like the <laughs> wasn't like the projected uh, the projected crowd was like eighteen hundred people, I think. So the capacity is nineteen thousand, and they sold eight thousand tickets. But I think seven thousand five hundred decided not to show up because of the snow. <laughs> <laughs> so we're left with five hundred people. It was yeah. a small crowd. I thought, it was new... I thought it was playoffs in Ontario. <laughs> no, that's still 500% more capacity they had. <laughs> and then they like still had a game on a Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the old uh, Laconia, uh, the Merrill Fay Arena. 
very eerily similar, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, like I, I kind of like I, you sent Carson. You sent me the Mickey Redmond clip talking about like the Buffalo Sabers. Like I thought that was like he was like Mickey Redmond was like kind of on one. Like he did not want to be up that early to call it a game. He was he wasn't he was pissed. He didn't have his nap. He's kind of like this game. This game time. is so boring. He kept going on it like. He was trying to, like, kind of defend Buffalo. Like, he talked about the French connection to, like, make up for it. But, like, otherwise, he was, like, kind of ripping on Buffalo. I mean, it's really hard to, like, look at the picture I just sent you. That is, like, criminal. Oh, Going my God. Like, that, yeah, the game so, was going on. So, this is from I John. I on one hand how many people I see. So, this is from John Vogel. He's the guy for the Buff. He covers the Buffalo Sabres for the Athletic, right? Yeah. He's very good. Um. But he, he says the snowplows didn't clear the two feet of snow in his neighborhood until about an hour and a half before puck dropped. So he didn't make it to the game. So like a lot yeah. of fans like couldn't actually make it to the game. So it was a, it was a good reason why like Mother Nature wasn't saved a lot of people. Yeah, from a lot of pain. Yeah, a lot of hope, <laughs> hopes and dreams saved. Those poor kids. That was kids' day. <laughs> <laughs> poor kids. Poor committed parents. That's all that is. Actually, the best gift they could have gotten on kids' days and not not watch that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Enjoy the day off of school. Yeah, right. Um, but no, I like I Emma like was telling me she's like she gets so upset like when she sees like the Buffalo Sabres like home arena and like people don't go to see them. She's like, can we go see them? <laughs> it's just like, yeah, we can go. Like, I'd go. It it'll cost you more just to take the tolls on the, the throughway to get to the game than don't even get me started about the New York throughway. It is the worst invention in the history of mankind. Is this an anti-New York State throughway podcast? This isn't, yeah, officially. Yeah. It costs like 26. It, it costs like cost. I, I can't even talk. Wow, Boston. Okay. <laughs> you lived yeah, in England for a couple of years. You're a new man. I am. Uh, yeah. It costs like $26 to drive through the whole state. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's so bad. Um, but yeah, start off with second. We had uh, Alex Tuck, who we thought he scored five hole. It was kind of nice. I was like, Alex Nadelkovich didn't go down once. He didn't go down. And I'm like, that's weird. He's pulling Thomas Grice for a second. Yeah, he had a stand-up save on Kyle Oposo on the post that I thought was the most absurd thing. And then he just that was bad, kicking his leg. I'm like, that was that was he's so gutsy, makes me so nervous. But anyway, the tuck goal gets called off, and you you called it. You texted me. You're like, that's offside. I'm like, yeah, big time. Yeah, Asplin. Yeah, Asplin like just was playing with it too much, and Tuck like put himself off. It kind of reminded me. Well, go ahead. What Asplin didn't want the point. He's no, he, he's, score. he's allergic. It kind of reminded me of uh, Grant. It reminded me and Andy. It reminded me of the uh, the Raymond play in Seattle, where like he played with it too much, and then he hit Larkin, and then Larkin hit him back, and then Raymond. We thought Raymond oh, scored on that. That would have been so nice. So mm-hmm. nice it was such goal. a really yeah. That's what it kind of reminded me of. Obviously, Tuck had more space, but like that's what that's what it reminded me of. Like just waiting too long with it on the the blue line. Like Aspen could have skated a little bit harder and it would have still like resulted in a goal. To be completely I, honest with you. Uh, this is kind of off topic a little bit, but Alex Tuckman, I, I every time I'd watch Vegas in the playoffs, every time you get the puck, he just explode. He's such a good playoff player. And he every time he touched the puck today, I was just freaking out, like panicking. You know who he's you know who he skates like? And I'm like, I'm not trying to be an ass. Jack Eichel. You can say it, yeah. He, do- he does. Yeah, he skates he does. exactly like Jack Eichel. He's got that really long stride, and they're both, like, very powerful skaters. And he's he's scary. Don't they go Don't moving. they go to the same guy? Like, I thought I read something. They go to the same skating – like, they he, they go to the same skating coach. They look really similar. I think they do. Like, I think, I, like, Tuck – I think it was a big thing with Tuck in Vegas. I think he, re, like, 
reconstructed his stride. I don't know. You might, that'd be a good article. You should look into that. I'll, I'll do some digging. But the thing with when Tuck was acquired, I think he was such an underrated piece by like Buffalo fans. Like, I think everyone really just focused on crabs and like Tuck was going to be like a, a guy for now. But he's, he's younger and he's arguably our best player. He's so he's, same age, he's the same age as Larkin. I've always, they're both, they're both the same 2014 draft. Yeah. I've always compared him on the Anthony Manta level. Kind of, mm-hmm. except I, it's that's kind of a tough comparison, but they play similar kind of. I feel like Tuck in the regular season, at least, he can be kind of streaky, but it happens when you play for such a good team. And I feel right. like since he's came to Buffalo, he's got such a chip on his shoulder and he's so motivated. He's a bigger role. He wants too. to play for the for the the city, and I just think being in a bigger role motivates him quite a bit. Yes. Where in the playoffs, I feel like he always showed out for Vegas, but sometimes in the regular season, he'd be kind of lackluster. So, and every time I've watched him this year in Buffalo, I've really liked it. Yeah. What's his like his career high is like what like forty or fifty points? I think off the top of my head. Yeah. I'm, so I'm, he yeah. was his best. It's kind of gotten better each year. Surprising. Like last year is like the, mainly on the third line for Vegas, and he put up good points. So. Yeah. Now he's. Playing imagine if he had stayed play. in Minnesota too. Like how deep they are already. <laughs> oh like, my gosh! Like that would be phenomenal. Like that's the player that fits perfect in their lineup right now. Because literally playing on the third line of Vegas is so dumb. Because he's better so than hard. he's. In my opinion, he was better than a couple of the guys on the second line. It was just Riley, that line, Riley that, Smith. That line yeah. just fits so well together. So he had to play on the third line, and that third line was one of the best third lines in hockey because yeah. of him. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And so, like, yeah, to go off that. Like, I thought Alex Tuck had a really good game. Like, him and Tage Thompson in the corners this game. Again, like I said, they're just so big, and they're both very good skaters mm-hmm. where they're able to, like, have an actual good cycle game and actually able to keep up with each other. It's it's really nice. And then Jeff Skinner, obviously, is an elite skater as well. And we saw this, like, with the, the early – yeah, the Mohawks. Him and Grant love the Mohawks. Oh, my gosh. I love Mohawks. <laughs> Man, I, I I can't even do a Mohawk anymore. My hips are so. I think I think the reason I did them so much was because of Jeff Skinner. You yeah, you were a huge Jeff Skinner guy when you were growing up, and I like loved the way he skated, and I just would always skate like that. I think a figure skating then. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what he started as. He started yeah. as a figure skater. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like this. Yeah, so for this for this uh play, I'm talking about here. It was a battle in the corner and Cider like goes into Tuck, but then Tuck almost like it kind of looked like a slew foot for the second, but I don't think it was. I think Cider was already falling and it was kind of like it was whatever. At, at first, I thought it was a slew foot, but like Tuck outbodied Cider, which is going to happen as a 20 year old. And Tuck's it, a big it, boy. It was a clear play. It, it was, was just, I thought they, it, got, they got tied up and Cider fell. But like, looked at first, you know what I mean? Like, the, yeah. the Tuck's leg flew and I'm like, oh, great. But like, it wasn't dirty. Yeah. Um, But he gets outworked in the corner and Tage Thompson was working in and then. Um, Tage Thompson goes to the front who hits kind of Nedeljkovic's pad and Skinner comes out of the scrum and throws it on net and scores. And I don't know. At first I'm like, that's, that's a plain goal. And then when looking at the replay, when you slow it way down, you're like, Oh, maybe, I don't know. Either way. I thought it was like a 50, 50 play either way. I'm glad it was a goal. So considering like, I'm like, that's fine. I don't know. Carson, what do you think on it? When I first saw it, I thought it was fine. And then the replay just made me think a little bit longer. Like yeah. Thompson's stick was there. But I think just the way Ned got back to his post too kind of exaggerated a little bit. But I don't want to get too far into this game, but it, it ended up working out quite well for the Wings. So yeah. I kind of I I thought it should have been no goal. I thought the way 
that Nadelkovich's feet got turned. Yeah. Where he's kind of a goofy goalie anyways, where I didn't know if it was because he got turned around or if that's just how he was taking the shot. No, it was because he he got turned around. I know, but he moves goofily sometimes where you're like, what is he doing? Peter Mrazek-esque. And I was like, what is he doing? And then I saw the replay and his feet got turned around. And then he didn't really have a whole lot of time to recover, which that's, in my opinion, it shouldn't be a goal. I Yeah, I think it was just the time that, like, when he made contact to, like, when the shot was actually taken. Like, there's probably, like, 10 seconds. Maybe no, not, maybe, maybe not that many, not that much. Maybe like five. And like as he, it as it would ha- as it was happening, the puck was rolling out, yeah. and then to Skinner, and then Skinner turned around. There's probably two okay. seconds, two to two point okay. five, maybe three. Carson, you're gonna say something? Yeah. And the one thing that I thought was weird as soon as the goal went in, Ned didn't fight his case at all. Like normally, even if there's not really goal interference, the goalie will look at the ref like, "What's this?" But the only guy that did was Cider in front of the net, right? And I think Cider was I think Cider was pissed about the tuck thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. was really weird to me. If he yeah. thought maybe it was his fault, or if he thought he was out of the crease or something, but I hundred percent thought it was should have been no goal. And then, like you said, I saw the announcer saying how Ned didn't make a case at all, which to me made me think that Ned thought it should have been a goal. Yeah. yeah, like as a goalie, I feel like even if it's not goal interference, you might take a peek at the ref and try something. But yeah, that just kind of ate it. Which yeah, and like yeah. so, so Blash was successful already with the goal, goal like a coach's challenge, and I think over the past like three or four years, he has like the best record for coaches challenges. I think so. At this point, he has he has plenty of like he's got fair game for me to like he can challenge what he wants, and it's always the video coach like he he Alex Tangay was you could tell like he was on the earpiece like talking to the video coach for a good like it was a good minute or so before they actually made the decision to challenge. So obviously it was a tough decision for him, but like they went for it. Cause you know, at that point it was going to be two, nothing with nine minutes left. So you kind of have to go for it and it, you know, it doesn't go. And then, so Buffalo goes to the power play and we have Mort Sider get a little pissed and he decides to go end to end and feeds Nemestikov who dances Aaron Dell. And that was a really sweet goal by Vlad. Yeah, that was a good pick by Bertuzzi, and then he realized that he was too gassed to make a play, and then he literally just was like, yeah, you take it. And then Sider made a really nice pass, and that move, dude, that move was disgusting. It was so smart because he was so tight in there. Like, he just yeah. made that quick little move, and Dell was obviously committed to the shot at that point. Yeah, that was nice. And it was just a – that's a tough one for Dell to, to defend. And Sider, like, I've yeah, I, Sider, I've never really seen move, like, that explosively up, like, through the neutral zone like that. Like so fast, like he went from the D zone all the way up and kind of just exploded up. Especially shorthanded, that's such a ballsy play from a twenty-year-old. But I mean, also you're losing two nothing, and like that's the way you gotta get back in the game, right? You gotta score one right there, and they did. You just don't expect that from a twenty-year-old defenseman. I mean, I, we can yeah, we can talk about his. I mean, he that's his twenty-fifth point on the year, which is uh, third all-time for Red Wings rookie defenseman through forty yeah. games. Only behind Lidstrom and I forget the other guy. Who cares? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Um, it's gonna be yeah. We'll be sadder by the end of the year. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I do. <laughs> like <laughs> overall, like I thought the second line was our best line this game. Again, like they really pounded the chances. I think Pew Suter probably was gripping a stick way too tight. He could have had like three or four goals. Oh my god! Bertuzzi fed him in front for that one slot chance, and he buried it right in Dell's gut. Aaron Dell is the quickest chest in the league. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fast. I think Jeff Skinner shot maybe twenty pucks. Right in Ned's uh, Ned's chest these past two games, he's so yeah. consistent, like making this great play. Like he dangled someone, 
at some oh, point. I forgot. I was listening. I was listening on the radio because I was driving home at this point from work. But like, it was a uh, Gus Lindstrom. I think it was. Yeah, like he did this Jack Eichel last play, like cut through guy had right in the slot all alone, and this fires it right in the middle of the um, the logo. I was like, okay, Skinner, we're making baby steps. And was the Olafson <laughs> breakaway? Was that after the Red Wings tied it or before? It was. That was before. It was before. Because yeah, like, Larkin so turned the, it over. Yeah, right? the Red Wings were cycling, and it went back up to Larkin, and he, like, just missed – he bobbled the pass, and I'm like, oh, shit, Olsen's got to break away. And I, I, I don't know if I could – I don't know if it's just me. It kind of looked like Larkin got a stick on it in between his legs and kind of looked like he messed up his shot just, just enough. But I don't know. The Olsen's had, like, a handful of breakaways the last 10 games, and they've all, like, been carbon copies of that play. Either he just gets out-muscled and, like, gets caught on the back check or a shot right at the pass. It's like – uh, something seems off. I don't know if he's hurt or what. I, I really liked him on the power play today. Yeah. And the thing was, pre, like previous games, he was off the top unit. Like they were just taking him off the power play because he wasn't doing anything. So it's nice to kind of find his way back into the lineup there. That's kind of his. He's, a, he's a very good shooter. He just needs to dial it in a little bit. Yeah. But he's sure. such a good puck handler, too. Like he mm-hmm. just takes his time on the mm-hmm. his offhand on the wall. And it just, it's, he looks so smooth doing it. Yeah, definitely. I, I see that big time. Mm-hmm. But then afterwards, like the like the second line comes back right after that shift. Like the, like Blasio was really rolling that line back and back, and then they have a really long shift in the zone. And then all the Buffalo Sabers are kind of focused on the behind the goal line, and Larkin kind of just sneaks in through the slot, and Fabry really smart pass finds him in front, and Larkin absolutely buries it. Dell like is like I don't know. Again, it's one of those things like Dell. I don't know what Dell's supposed to do there. Yeah. He, he bailed him out. The, the Red Wings should have scored a couple more times this game. Like there was that one backdoor mm-hmm. play, either yeah. in the first or the third. I don't remember that he. he it was the Pew Suter in the in the in the third. It was yeah. that's what I was, I was just talking about. Where saved, Dell made a really big another save. one like a slot a pass to the middle. He, he made the save with his leg. It's like you can only have so much out of Aaron Dell, and he more than delivered. Yeah. yeah. And again, that was the buff. That's the Buffalo's sixth goalie they've used this year. Yeah, we have four on IR. It's it's such a rough seat. Like when you like, look at it from that standpoint, like we'll get. I will actually we'll save this conversation for after we finish this game, but because I want to talk about the Buffalo Sabers as a whole. Um, but yeah, like the Red Wings, like I, I like they found it was it's really similar to the last game in Buffalo for the Red Wings where they came back and found the third period juice. Like as Buffalo like kind of outplayed them the first two periods in both games, the Red Wings kind of found their life in the third. And kind of driven by Tyler Bertuzzi in both sent both games, and yeah. so we get we get an overtime, and it was it was all Detroit in overtime. I don't think I don't think Buffalo registered a shot. Nope. Um, Raymond almost scored on a wraparound, which was really crazy. Oh my, that T drag, dude. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, he was that whole game today. Like I said, five on five. And just even strength, he was just so dominant on the puck. He he was a monster. He's a, and then he's a hound. He's a hound. Like he's honestly so like oh my gosh. he's so good. He's like good. especially like now with him scoring, like hopefully he's able to carry this on for you know good stretch here. Oh, and um, I love I love players like that because he's not the fastest player by any means, and <laughs> and uh, he <laughs> he just is. He's so good at the puck. Oh my god, I can't believe you just said that, Carson. We'll, we'll, yeah, we want, <laughs> we don't need to say that up here. No. 
it's so funny um but uh yeah so uh oh my god i lost my train of thought so it's kind of a middle of a change uh fabry gets it and he they're working larkin starts does this thing where he starts circling around the zone grant what are you doing matthew stafford's on i'm oh, matthew Stafford. nice our king we can talk about football in a little bit let's go um, baby. so yeah Nick Letty to Dylan Larkin and Dylan Larkin rips it and oh such a such a great goal. It's Dylan Larkin's 18th of the year. He's, He's a so sneaky 18. Cute. Yeah, him and Bertuzzi are both at 18 this year. Yeah. It's so just, good. I, like, like when we when you think of like 18, I, I see Bertuzzi having 18 because like we talk about him a lot. And obviously talk about Larkin lots too, but that's like almost a sneaky 18 for me for Larkin. It's definitely why. a sneaky 18 for me after his season last year. Oh, you want yeah. you want another sneaky goal scorer, Vlad Nemastikov at 11? Which yeah. is crazy. Him and, him and Lucas Raymond are tied. That's yeah. Well, I mean, if you told me Lucas Raymond would have 11 goals at the start before training camp this year, I would have told you you're crazy. At this point well, in the half, season. Halfway through, so he's on pace for 22. Like, that's a great season for Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. And for how many assists he has, like he's on pace for over forty. Like it's, yeah, he's on pace for sixty points. We're pretty much directly at the well, this today was our fortieth game, right? Yes, yeah, so this is our fortieth. So yeah, we're halfway. That's point. why I'm that's why I'm doing the yeah. the, the mid season grades right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been forty one if we were playing in Philadelphia tomorrow, but we're not. That game was right. postponed, and it was it wasn't because of Philadelphia; it was because of the Islanders. Because the Islanders need to make up games, so they push back, so like so the Islanders can play Philly tomorrow. Yeah, that's why they did it. They're playing Philly again tomorrow. I think so. I think that's yeah. what it is. Okay, they're playing think right about now. how big of a mess all the Canadian games are going to be. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I don't want to think of like the Red. Luckily, the Red Wings don't have any. I don't think any of the games are rescheduled against Canadian teams. I don't think it was Not all. Yet. I think they're they're all away games, but they're all in the states. Like it was like Avalanche, Wild, Philly. Right. Um, one home. No, the Avalanche was a home game. Excuse me. Rangers was the one I was thinking of for away as well. Um, but yeah, like absolute, like Red Wings, great comeback. But like overall, like I'm not too happy with that game. Like it was a really rough period and a half, if not two periods. And Buffalo should have definitely won it. Sorry, Carson. It's okay. <laughs> Next year, pal. But uh, so yeah. Next Larkin. Larkin sit. This is a weird one. I didn't. I didn't think this would be a thing. Larkin currently sits eighth in career points for Red Wings by the age of 25. In Red Wings history. Only so like, and he'll probably pass Del Vecchio and Dale McCourt this year, which is crazy. He's gonna, be, he's gonna sit sixth by the end of this year because he's only he's only I think like twenty ish points away from both of those guys. Yeah, and he, like with Del Vecchio, they only had five other teams in the league. So, right, it's it's so impressive. Like, so like the the guys he's not gonna catch are obvious ones like Eisman, Howe, Fedorov, Ogrodnik. Like his he was sick in the beginning of his career, and Marcel Dion. Who was unbelievable his first couple of years with the Red Wings, um, but yeah, like it's just crazy to think about for Dylan Larkin. It's like a guy who's had a couple of really down years, still being this high up. I mean, he did start. He did start in the, his NHL career at nineteen. But right. I mean, he, he's only had like I mean, this year is like a point per game pace in 2018-19 had a really good year, and nineteen twenty he had a decent year. But like other than that, he hasn't been like super high producing over his career. Yeah, I mean, I thought even like Zadberg or Dodson could be on that list. They didn't come in really into the league though until they were a little bit older. They didn't play like yeah. the 19 years. They were like yeah. 22. Yeah. So that's, yeah, so that's that reason. Was, that's who was like 21, turning 22 when they won the Cup in 02, I believe. 
Yeah. Yeah, he was drafted ninety eight, I think. So that would have made sense. He'd been twenty two. Twenty two. Yeah. Right around 21, there. Twenty two. Yeah. Yeah, and he was also like third or fourth line like the whole time. Like he wasn't yeah. playing that much. Well, yeah, look at that lineup. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, Carson, let's talk some Sabers. Oh, where do we begin? Um, uh, I like since like so they're they're kind of in this weird middle, and I kind of compare it right now off the top of my head to the 2020-2021 Red Wings. Better than the worst. Better than the worst teams, but not quite at the middle. Like you can see they're ready to make a jump, but just not not right now. Yeah, they have like again, we've talked about like how like again, like it's easy, like the like national media, like I hate like whenever I like since I've become friends with you, I obviously pay more attention to like Buffalo Sabres. And I've actually I've grown to like the Buffalo Sabres is like one of my like other teams that I like root for. And whenever it's so easy for the media to like they'll be like, Oh, Sabres are bad without really looking at the big picture. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at it for the future wise, they Arguably, like six of those guys could be top six players, like we in were, like their we were, forward group right now. They just need we to were talking about this before Garth, but yeah, like you think of the Sabres center core, you have Tage Thompson, Casey Middlestat, Dylan Cousins, and Peyton Krebs. One of them either has to go or move to the wing, and like yeah. then you then you toss in Skinner is going to be here for twenty more years. Olsen, but he's also not been that bad. Dude, he's been he's been good, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jack Quinn, JJ Paterka. Um, I mean, Olson might be out soon. I kind of see that happening, but Alex Tuck. Yeah, Tuck. There's a lot of guys. And then you um, got the draft this year. Yeah, we have like 17 picks this, this draft. Dude, like you also- imagine getting a guy like Joachim Kemmel this year or something like that yeah. for the Sabres because they don't need centers. No, this is a good way. No, or, or they pick like going going check or, or like no. a defenseman. Nemec. Nemec is or, my guy. Oh, dude. I was going to say Nemec or Juracek. For Those, fun fact, I'm, I might do for my rankings this year. Right now, off the top of my head, if I had to do rankings, Nemec would be second on my list. He yeah. is sick. Right-handed D kind of reminds me a lot of Cider, a little bit. Doesn't play as physical, but like very he's, smart in his he's own really end. Really good. He's he well. He's also breaking Slovak like U twenty records. Yeah, he's breaking as uh, a seventeen year old. Well, he's breaking uh, what's his nuts his records from last year. Brant Clark. Yeah, Brant Clark. Yeah, Brant Clark not good enough to be in the Canada World Junior Team. Which is crazy. Apparently, somehow. For but yeah, reason. like when you look at Buffalo, like they have like all the pieces there that it's gonna it's just gonna take a couple years. Yeah. We're like the Red Wings, we kind of have actually I would say like Buffalo, like maybe your right handed D is kind of a weakness at this point, maybe a little bit. Like yeah, I can't I mean D in the system, it's own power is obviously pretty big. And then Samuelson made his debut tonight. He looked he good. Like, I I thought he looked good too. Samuelson and then Laxonen's been tearing up the AHL. He's he's right handed, isn't he? I believe so. Okay, so that, that's than, a guy. Other than that, I mean, Bryson's been out. He's oh, yeah, but I like Bryson. I like Bryson. Big, big surprise. I like him. Yeah. But, and then even in net, like Devin Levi has been absolutely destroying any, uh, NCAA. Eric Portillo, same thing. UPLs had a good stint in the NHL before. I need to go see. I need to go see Devin Levi because uh, I'm obviously I'm right there, and I've watched like all the other teams. I watched. I've watched BCBU. I watched UMass Lowell this week. I still thought that Hall. With Sam Reinhardt was a little bit underwhelming, but getting Levi was huge. Yeah, when the trade happened, I was like, especially because it was like a week after the Ristolainen trade where we just basically fleeced Philly, it seemed like. And then it was just like, okay, a first-round pick and then a goalie prospect, a seventh-round goalie prospect. But <laughs> Watch Levi be better than Spencer Knight. Well, that's the plan. He's that a new the- 
His, um, mom, his mom liked my tweet once, so I mean, I'm basically best friends with the guy. I actually did see yeah. that. So, I looked at I looked at your likes one time on a tweet, and I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. To be, to be fair, I mean, Hall or sorry, Levi did play right up with uh, Spencer Knight at the World Juniors last year. He was yeah. bested yeah. by Spencer Knight, but that's what I mean. He's getting better. Also, yeah. I mean, it seems like each year, yeah. like he, he got drafted out of the CC, and now he's the best goalie in the NCAA at it's crazy. 20. Which is which is all which is wild, yeah. 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 No, honestly, like Buffalo, like they're coming, man. And like I said, like it's they're not Montreal or or whatever. I wouldn't even say like they're better than Ottawa. I think they're better than Arizona, obviously. Better jerseys though. Huh? Arizona does have better jerseys. Dude, I love Buffalo's jerseys, man. I don't know. Yeah, Buffalo's blue and gold are nasty. Yeah, they are better if they're in seats, but (laughs) I just can't say that. It's coming. Hey, with time, with time. But like Carson, like honestly, like I think like they're kind of like what the Red Wings were like. Nineteen twenty, the Red Wings were really bad. They're better than that year, but like I kind of think they're similar to like last year's Red Wings. They have, they have, uh, in my opinion, they have a bigger prospect pool though. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm talking like play on the ice in the NHL right now. Yeah, I agree. They're like the team that's a top of the basement team is essentially kind of yeah. exactly. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Better than better than Seattle. That's another team. They're better than. Oh, yeah. yeah, Seattle is yeah. a train wreck. I said it before the season. No one believed me. Seattle oh, sucks. Yeah. They're horrible. I yeah. said it right at the draft. Once they leaked all those names, and then the draft actually came. Aaron Dell is better than Philip Grubauer. Michael Aaron, Hauser. Aaron Michael Aaron, Hauser is better than Philip Grubauer. Once Hauser gets a game, he'll be the seventh Sabres goaltender on the year. And, and the I record I think is like eight. Because the record eight by Philly, I think. Uh, I saw Vegas. Vegas was up there their first year too. No, I think I think I saw this on the broadcast. I think someone. I think I think uh, Ken pointed out on the broadcast. I think it was eight by Philly, in, like two or three years ago. It hasn't been talked about, but doesn't Takarski's been out with COVID-related like symptoms oh, still really? for like two months? He got COVID when. Before everything shut Damn. down, and he's like he's been skating, but he hasn't. He's still listed on the. That IR. sucks, man. Like they're they're giving him new gear. That's what it is from yeah, circa two thousand ten. It's non broken six to come in. Yeah, that's what they're waiting for. <laughs> they're waiting for Coho to come back. <laughs> and, oh I mean, God. it makes sense. He's, he's using gear that's forty years old. No, I'm sorry. That I was, that's so good. Oh my God, that's my favorite joke we've ever said. Tweet that. Oh, tweet that right now. Um, but yeah, like I'm excited to see what the Buffalo, like obviously, like Buffalo and Detroit, like hey, maybe let's be the next rivalry. Yeah. Um, like I'm just excited for the first month next year because that first month will be really exciting. We'll see what happens in month two, but it's <laughs> always with the Sabres, it's always the first month. And literally every single year, the path since like Eichel's come around, they've been like in first, second place coming out of October, and then they're in the draft lottery the next month and uh, we love that though. Like every I mean, year with the Red Wings, like this fun little graphic of how the standings looked after each like week or so, and it's just Buffalo's number one, and you just see him slide down power rankings, and it's the best. Yeah, what, was Buffalo like one of the last undefeated teams this year? Yeah, I mean, they started the season like five and one, five and yeah, one. Yeah, so, so like they were the so. top team. Yeah, not maybe not the last undefeated, but yeah, up there. I think it was Minnesota. I think Minnesota's the last one. I right, think yeah. Minnesota was the leading scorer. He had like an absurd amount of goals. Yeah, kind Rando, of Rando was a huge fan of Kyle Ocposo the couple times he watched him. He's yeah, we've talked yeah, about that before, was. and yeah, he's still unbelievable. But I guess Rando. we'll uh, we'll get into more of the general hockey talk, but uh yeah. 
we had the all-star rosters announced and uh, people are unfortunately not going to hear this before the last man in, but obviously I was going to tell people to vote for Lucas Raymond. And I love the videos coming out with the, the Red Wings, like Mark Stahl, Grant, Grant like the Gus Lindstrom where he told people to vote in Swedish. And then Larkin yeah. was like, whatever he said. <laughs> um, but Mark I'm Stahl, just a like, big Lindstrom fan. Yeah, Mark Stahl like, looked, looked at the camera like dead serious. Like, uh, no, no, no. Giovanni Smith was the funniest. Giovanni Smith didn't even look at the camera. He just yelled, he's a boat. As Giovanni Smith has like, become one of the NHL's tough guys very quickly. Dude, that, um, that has been up. such a surgeons, actually. Like we, we haven't talked about that enough. Like Giovanni Smith is like beating up very tough guys. Yes. He's also got to be up there for fighting majors this year, and most of them within yeah. the last well, three weeks. Fighting's yeah. been a thing that's kind of going away, and we're seeing a Giovanni Smith fight once a week. Well, he had three in a week in well, LA. I'm saying, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, like, on average, probably once a week though, and they're good fights to watch. Like, they're, yeah, they're mm-hmm. entertaining. Like Delario is one. The, yeah. That was the, the most recent one where that's like a that's a heavyweight in the NHL and he held his own, right? Uh, but I'm kind of bearing the lead here. But uh, so the Red Wings and the Buffalo, we'll talk about the Buffalo Sabres selection as well because uh, Rasmus Dahlin got in for the Sabres, but uh, our captain Dylan Larkin got in and honestly, probably the right pick, I'd say. Yep, um, yep. obviously, I would have liked Cider, but like with the defenseman like Dahlin being put in with representation for all teams, like I honestly think like with the rules, like Dahlin was the easy pick. And that yeah. wasn't the one that I'm really up. Like Nick Suzuki was a really bad pick in my pick. Like that's just like Montreal. Well, like that's the thing. Like who do you pick for Montreal? Everyone sucks. I know. This like, is... oh sorry, keep going. I, I Nick Suzuki is overpaid. He's never going to be Patrice Bergeron. I'm sorry, that's my hot take. He'll never be even close to Patrice Bergeron. No, it's fine. I don't um, think. I don't think every team should get a player. It's well, I think not that's right. what Andy was. Gonna, I think that's what Andy was going to get okay. into as well. Yeah, Andy dive into it. So, so yeah, Nate McKinnon's comments on it. Where it kind of let off because the reporter asked him, but like, what do you think with Kadri not being in the All Star game? Which I think he should be there this year. Like, he's having a phenomenal year. Mm-hmm. Now, I know McKinnon and McCarr are their two picks. So, that's those are two obvious picks. But right. I also agree with McKinnon's point where this, I mean, yes, I know you want the whole league represented at the All Star game, but at the same time, not every team has an All Star. Uh, coming from a team that was the bottom dweller for the longest time, and we sent, I'm pretty sure, the corpse of Mike Green, Jimmy Howard right. one year, Franz Nielsen went one year. That's, that's I think Carson. I think Carson could attest with this as well. Like, I know Darlene's actually like a good candidate, and I'm cool with that one. Right. Like, I know, actually, no, you guys had Jack Eichel for a while. Like, that's that's, that's a good like, pick. When we sucked, it was always like, oh, we'll send Eichel. Oh, that's right. I, I forget about that. And yeah. he was, yeah. you know, show the league how good he was. And then that one I'm cool well, with. That's we've always had like player, our quote unquote name like, Sorry, Andy, Andy, repeat that. Oh, I'm just saying, like, Eichel's still a player in my league, like, in my mind. <clears throat> like, that, yes, he was on a bottom feeder team, but he's right. still, in my mind, an all star. Where yeah, uh, we're looking at Montreal, and I agree with Grant, like, Suzuki is not an all star. Nope. Not, like, not at all. And that's where I agree with McKinnon's points. Like, you should have your all star players play in the all star game, not every team be represented. Maybe now. You know, you have the skills competition of the night before. Throw a guy in for a skills comp for my, every team, but not to play in the game now. That's going to be tough because that's, of course, like an all-star break. Like, why would you go for one half of the portion, not the other half? But So I just remembered something. I'm, I'm going off topic, but this is Carson will really like this. Remember the old rules where, like, you could just vote for every player in? 
and the yes. whole country of Latvia memed in Zemgus Gergensen's. Yes. <laughs> they, yeah. The whole country of Latvia just voted for Zemgus and he got in. Hilarious. Yeah. 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 I remember that. Like I was, I think I was like maybe a freshman in high school. And yeah. that was the best thing ever. Then like it's the so next funny. year, was like John, John Scott was the next one. Right. Yeah, was... And he was technically for, for Arizona. Technically, yeah, they, the they shipped him off to, to Montreal's age. Montreal, yeah. Yeah. But like, I, I, go ahead. I, I'm sorry to go off topic a little bit, but I, I honestly don't think like even Darlene should be in the All Star game. Not to be mean, Carson, but no, like, like, why is Aaron Eckblad not in the All Star game if we're going, if yeah. we're, if we're going, even that's fair. Like, even Mackenzie Weger, like going off of, People's seasons, we should just go off that. I mean, Nick Suzuki shouldn't be in an All-Star game. Brad Marchand should be. I'm talking about strictly Atlantic division, right? These are players that should be in the All-Star game. So with Marchand, I think it was because the Olympics, I think he said no. Because he wasn't the last man in. I don't think, I don't think even how bad the NHL is, I think, and Marchand hasn't said anything yet about it. And he's not afraid to speak his mind. I think he said, I'm not going because of the Olympics. Which which they did have. Um, I think the, the same GMs. thing with Crosby as well. I think the same thing with Crosby as well. Right. Which they did have not going. The, the GMs go around and ask their players on who would be interested in going as well. That was that was leaked. So I think that would be the same. I, I, that's what I'm assuming with Marchand and, and um, Crosby. Crosby. That makes the yeah. most sense, right? Because like the NHL, like doesn't matter what kind of seasons they're having. They're the biggest stars in the league. Grant, Grant's going nuts right now. We can, yeah, that's hilarious. Oh, Stafford? Carson, were you going to say something? Yeah, going off Grant's point, like with defenseman points in the Atlantic, there's, I mean, the top four were Hedman, Ekblad, Sider, and, and Dahlin. So oh, I don't yeah. know what other like, defensemen yeah. got sent from the Atlantic, but. Who was the other one? There was Dahlin. Oh, no, it, oh, it was just Dahlin and Hedman. I think uh, maybe Riley yeah. as well. No, that's no, what no, takes me off too. Why are there one defenseman on some of these teams? Because they're going to get voted in as the second man, the last man in. Okay, that means That's there's what... two defensemen. Why is it? Yeah, I, know. That was I, weird. I don't understand that. Like, if you're going to go out one player from all teams, make it so there's three defensemen on each team, right? Yeah, I always thought it was three lines of each. Like, I thought it was going to be one defenseman per line, and which kind of bugs me. Why is there just one defenseman? There's so many good defensemen in the league that maybe some of them aren't even. Like offensive defense, I know Adam Pellick made it, which was which is kind of a joke as well. He shouldn't be in the All Star game right now. Yeah, Matt Barzell definitely should have been the selection mm-hmm. simply for the fastest skater. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's where I like. Even though it's your case, so like that's where I say where even Detroit comes in. So like the years that we're feeding, we're sending in like Mike Green and stuff like that. I still think Larkin should have been part of the fastest skater. Like right, no, yeah, exactly. So set, so maybe you can't send a player in the All Star game, but you can send a player to. Which again, like I know, it won't work because players will just say, "No, I'm not going for a skills competition." Make it work. But NHL work. do a better job. Pay like start throwing some incentives out. Like if you want this to be a good product, start giving some bonuses, baby. Yeah, like sorry, and, owners. If you want to make more money, you're going to have to give up more money. Exactly. And this, Larkin started piss anyone off, but like Larkin holds the record. He holds the record for the fast skater. I know it was the old rules. I know he got a running start, but yeah. he holds it. So I'm a little bit nervous when he loses it this year. And because like, we can't like keep saying, we can't just be like, Oh, McDavid's slower than Larkin. Yeah. But like, I'm, I'm excited. Like it's gonna be like, you have McKinnon Larkin. There's so uh, I know Adrian, players. Adrian Kempe is going this year, which he's a fast kid. I know that's another one that shouldn't have been going, but he's really fast. Yeah. 
Um, Jordan Cairo also books it. That's gonna be it's gonna be a really well, that's even, like my, that's always my that and the hardest shot is my those are my two favorite events. Yeah, like even another player for like the Wings who wasn't an All Star but could have been fastest skater was Anthony Cio in those years. Him and Larkin could have went. Yep. Yep. Like Anthony Cio had wheels, you know, and then I I also hope they bring back uh, the fastest goalie skater too. Those those were fun to watch. Uh, Merrick, <laughs> Merrick, Merrick proposed the uh, the fastest backwards skater oh, in an event. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> he said that's yeah. what everyone that's what everyone would guess. Um, but yeah, like Dylan Larkin, I think it's the right choice. Like he's been great, leads the team in points. He's been awesome. Yeah. Um, obviously, get the marketability with being a captain and the fastest skater. Like it's an easy win for the team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like. I don't know if we're gonna have time to like go into the other stuff. I guess we can try to throw in like one more thing. I was gonna bring up Carter Mazer quickly, uh, seventh okay. in U twenty scoring, only behind Owen Power. Like Owen Power is six for college scoring, so that's really funny that we have six and seven. Yeah, Grant, what are you gonna say? Uh, I know I've piped hyped up this boy from the twenty nineteen draft, like ever since he was drafted. But how about this kid after fracturing his ankle before the season, being sent to the minors right away, and tearing up the minors? Hattrick first game coming up to Minnesota and just tearing it up, playing second line, playing six on five, like last minute of the game today. This kid is unreal. He's good, man. And he's so fun to watch. Good, good Boston kid. Yeah. Unreal. Definitely. Like I had so many, I had a couple other good things. I had like Kodak Black written on here. I had Ken Holland (laughs) and like, we just ran out of time, man. Yeah. We we can talk about Kodak Kodak Black quick. Like that was hilarious. So, So again, my buddy was at the game. And they were he was at that game. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's he went to like every home game for the Panthers. So unbelievable. He, yeah. So he, he has the game and like he like they were in a box seat like for mm-hmm. every game, and he was like sitting in the box and like him and his girlfriend were like his girlfriend was scrolling through Instagram and sees like Kodak Blacks there. So like they're looking around. And they see him. He's down by the glass at this point. Yeah. And then like there's commotion after. So like he got escorted up. But like the story behind it was kind of interesting. So like I guess this this woman uh, came up that he was pictured with in the box afterwards. She was also a fellow to, rapper. She was a fellow yeah, rapper as well. So she came up to them apparently, and like it was like all over Kodak. And then Kodak's girl was there, and like yeah, just caused commotion or whatever. Right. Anyways, but my buddy, so my buddy was sitting directly across from him, like in the box, and he's sitting there just watching it. And he's like. What the hell's going on? Yeah, so <laughs> obviously this so chat of it and everything. That's hilarious. <laughs> so the first camera angle, you're like, oh yeah, that's the deed. They're doing the deed. But yeah. you get this, you get the second camera angle. And <laughs> it's just camera, that's even worse than the first camera angle. It's inconclusive. It's inconclusive. Yeah. Uh, I, I just flag on the play, excessive horniness. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like do you see what Biz tweeted about it? He said well, uh which one? <laughs> Kodak Black has been put into COVID nineteen protocol or something like that. I forgot <laughs> what how exactly he explained it, but it was hilarious. It's so funny. Yeah, maybe. I wish we had. I wish we had. I wish we had more time because, like, I want to cut. I want to start like lower because I had like the Ken Holland stuff, the Bobby Clark throwing Nolan Nolan Patrick under the bus. <laughs> that was crazy. That was crazy. That was hilarious. Actually, actually I want to talk about that one. I, I don't care about the Ken Holland. He sucks. not Nolan he's Patrick. A, he's a bad Ron Hextall. Well, but also, he also in turn throws Nolan Patrick in under the bus. Yeah, Rick so Bobby Clark. Right. Bobby Clark is he's been like the higher up of the Philadelphia Flyers for a while. Anyway, he says Ron Hextall went behind their back and drafted Nolan Patrick second overall, and they all wanted McCarr, which actually Merrick 
disputed, and it was actually uh, high skin, and they wanted. Right. Either way, not great, but like it's not as bad as it was. It was made out to be initially. As Kale McCarr is one of the best defensemen, I saw Merrick. So obviously, it looks bad for Hextall, but I guess the reasoning why this came out now is Comcast is thinking about firing uh, Chuck Fletcher, the GM of the Flyers, and. Bobby Clark's buddies with him and he's like trying to save his job by saying like look at all the mess that Hextall created like give him some time so yeah. Comcast was looking at firing him who owns the Flyers and that's the reason why this came out now but I guess it's kind of like I guess I saw like a couple of Flyers fans that like one of the guy that, uh, I guess his name's John Gove he writes for, writes for Inside the Ring he was saying that this is like old news and people knew about it but it like just came up like nationally came up this time right Feel crazy, like you look back at the 2017 draft, and like, I mean, New Jersey gets Nico, and like Nico's a good second line center, but like, when you can add, you know, McCarr, Heisken, or Patterson, it's a tough one to swallow. Yeah, and especially for Philly, it is. I'm still like, if I'm New Jersey, I'm still okay with having Nico Heischer because it oh, seems absolutely. like he's a good locker room guy too. But yes, the other three would be much preferred. Well, I still said like Nico's still a good player. Like, yeah, yeah, you're still he's able a- to use him, right? And I know at the time, like Nico had a really hot start going to the, like going into the, like the draft, so like it was really easy. Um, also, a quick mention: Edvinson declined a potential uh, Olympic invite. Oh, said so he's not going. Um, he, he said he wants to fo- he wants to focus on Forlunda and the World Juniors. Um, and I'm, I'm obviously great, good for him. Like he's got his him. head on, and I've, he would have been on the team, I think, easily. Yeah, he would have been. I know we compared this a couple episodes ago with Carson. We we think like Erasmus Dahlin in 2018. Yeah. With the Olympics and Darlene was on the roster. Obviously, it was before Darlene's draft, but like Edmondson's a year removed from the draft, and it's the same thing. I love Edmondson. Like he's so good. The game or two I saw of him at the World Juniors, it's like he's the real deal. He's a gazelle. He, I love yeah. He's, yeah. He's like a he looks like a good Michael Rasmussen. Thank you. That's really that's really that's high praise. Uh this is gonna I think it's gonna wrap this one up. Uh Carson, thank you for coming on, talking Thanks sabers. Unfortunately, it's the last time the Red Wings play the Sabres this year. We can't have any more get right games. Well, don't worry, you'll go four <laughs> 0 again next year and you'll I'll be back. We'll get can't Carson wait. on for some some content in the offseason. Uh we got well, we have draft, we'll have draft talk. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about maybe trade deadline too. Just trade deadline. We can talk trade deadline. Trade deadline would be fun. Yeah, yeah, fun. But, but yeah. Paul Miller goes for a first round pick. But yeah, I everyone so. uh, good to see Marie boy. Oh yeah, my boy Millsy. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> but yeah, uh Everyone, uh, check out Carson's work at Trainwreck Sports. Uh, good stuff there about Buffalo Sabres. If you, uh, you know, support Carson, good friend Thank of the you. show. Also, everyone, check out Inside the Rink, who we're partnered with, who I work with. I'll have a, I'll have a definitely something up this week. And it's probably gonna be the midseason uh, grades, and trust me, there's some bad grades on there. So yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Um, we'll be back next week, and uh, thank you. Yeah.